What's up, you guys? I am Micah Folsom, and you're listening to the Do Your Crap Podcast. I was overwhelmed, uninspired, and unfulfilled, and I knew there had to be a different way to do life. Turns out, there totally is. And I found my calling in helping people learn and do the unsexy habits that build a legendary life. Each and every week, I'm going to help you bust through the crap that's holding you back and break down the simple habits and mindset shifts that will help you rock every aspect of your life. Are you ready to do the things that most people won't so that you can live the life that most people can't? Here we go. Welcome back to the Do Your Crap Podcast. This is your host, Micah Folsom, and we have a special guest today. We are going to be digging into love. We are going to be digging into money. And I am so pumped because I get messages all the time from people who struggle with money mindset issues. They're like, how do I overcome my relationship with money? How do I overcome these limited blocks? How do I overcome these things? How do I shift my relationship? And he is going to dig into the best of both worlds. We have on today, Ed Combs, who is internationally recognized. He is a thought leader in financial therapy. He's been cited by the wall street journal, the associated press times and CNBC. He is an invited speaker and author who captures audiences attention with his paradigm shifting ideas about how to experience financial well-being with your significant other. He leads couples through therapy from financial despair and frustration into financial intimacy and connection using the latest in love and brain science to help couples understand what's really going on. He's earned his master's degrees in business counseling and financial planning, and he has helped develop the practice of financial therapy. Y'all, this is an incredible conversation that will be just really eye-opening for so many people. So get out your notebooks open up your heart, open up your mind, and let's dig into this conversation. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. All right, Ed, I am so pumped to have you on the show. We were just chatting before this, you guys, and money and 
all of the things that come into a relationship. Like, I feel like this is just everybody is going to get so much value from this. So Ed, before we dig into the juicy stuff, fill us in on who you are. How did you get into all of this work and focusing on this and just share with us a little bit about your background? Micah, it's been an incredible, crazy, unpredictable journey to this point, <laughs> to say the least. Um, you know, I uh, I was your quintessential jock in high school. I loved playing sports. I didn't particularly excel in the classwork side. I, I really like the social scene. Um, you know, so I, if you kind of got an A for social relationships, that would have been me. <laughs> nice. Um, so, you know, it put me on this course of where am I going to go with my life in adulthood? And I thought initially I wanted to be a professional firefighter. I'd been a lifeguard in high school. And so I pursued that as a career path. I didn't have to go to college. And, uh, you know, it was a great path for an 18 year old kid trying to figure himself out. And, uh, but I, I sat around the fire station listening to the guys complain about two things. Can you guess what those would be? Probably money and relationships. Ding, 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 ding. Woo! Yes. I was going to say sex, but then I didn't know. <laughs> We're PG maybe. <laughs> well, can I share this? It's it's PG sex story, but the guys that for 19 year old Ed said, every once you get married, every time you have sex in that first year, you need to put a penny in the jar. And then they said the next, the remaining years of your life, you'll pull a penny out for every time you have sex. Oh no. <sighs> <laughs> that's not a good message for a 19 year old kid right about the nature of marriage and sex but yeah you know, like this actually even really speaks powerfully to how we internalize these messages about how relationships work and how yes. sex works and how money works and that was really the case around the fire station and, and i have done some study on human sexuality but money i just keep coming back to money i'm so fascinated by why do we relate to money the way that we do why do we do what we do with it and being in the fire station was like living in a family culture. And I got to work with a lot of the different crews and you saw just how differently all the guys related to money. And I obviously didn't have this language at the time to describe it all, but I could see, you know, some of the guys would drive really big, expensive trucks and other guys would drive like cheap beater cars. And, (laughs) you know, some guys would want to be all in on the group dinner and some guys would want to do the cheap thing and like the ridicule around the money right yeah and what you did and I just couldn't figure it out fully and I had uh someone doing 403b retirement accounts come by and start teaching me about stocks and bonds and he was driving a nice Lexus and let's just say I was not <laughs> <laughs> so that got me curious and so I that introduced me to the field of financial planning and uh ultimately figured out, you know, I, I don't want to do firefighting anymore. I want to, maybe I want to do this financial planning thing. And it coincided with a big money transition in my life. I met my wife who was finishing dental school. Oh. And that's a major step up the income ladder from firefighter. <laughs> and, uh, you sure. know, most people say, well, that's great. Do that. And the guys at the station said, you got to marry her. She's a dentist or going to be one. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I know they make more than a firefighter, but I didn't realize how much. And, and, you know, it's been great in so many ways, but it's brought forward a lot of really challenging internal dynamics and self-confidence issues that I didn't realize were there being married to a, a female who makes more money than me. And just so your listeners know, I fully support women making as much money as possible. I have no problem at a belief system level. Yes. 
but at a deeper like internal level like it it stirs some like dark stuff up and i'm like ah so you know here i am bebopping around i'm probably in my mid-20s now married and you know things are unfolding working at vanguard mutual funds i get my mba my cfp and i technically know how money works right so no more money fights wrong <laughs> now my mom's asking me to help my dad with the finances for the small business and like that doesn't quite go so well and clients and it's like wait I know how money works now technically but like I don't always do what I should do and other people don't so what's going on and that's where I went into the field of, of counseling psychology because they quote-unquote know how people work Oh man, did I underestimate how much they know about how people work. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that was the, the big transition to third transition into being a, becoming a couples therapist and really wanting to understand so cool. how people and families work and with really the heart of trying to help couples get more connected around their finances. And, you know, the real funny thing is therapists hate talking about money. Really? Like they would rather talk about your childhood trauma than they would a net worth statement. Um, why is that there many of them are money avoidant and I would say mm. that many of them have money scars they have money traumas in their background like we all do but they also have this identity of helping as a higher calling oh and I feel this yes I see your eyes get really <laughs> big right I feel this well I want to just chat about this for a sec because this is so interesting. So I'm in the field of health and wellness. I'm a health and wellness coach, a business mentor. So I mentor women who want to build a business around helping people. Right. So we, I, oh my gosh, I come yeah. into this so much because you get these women and dudes do it too, but I just work with a lot of women right, who, right. who come into it with the heart to serve and help and impact. And then yes, they have the desire to make money, but then they almost like feel bad for making money for helping people. And so then they get all weird about growing the business because then they don't want to be salesy and feel bad for helping people. And it like has this internal conflict. Big time. So common. I see this all the time. I'm so excited to talk more about this. <laughs> yes. And so I think one of the biggest surprises for me to learn, and, and I want to touch very respectfully on this, aspect is people's religious and spiritual background mm -hmm. and how that can set the stage for some internal conflicts around money yeah. and support. And depending on where you're at in the religious view outlook, I start started from a Christian worldview and that set the stage of selfless servant. Yes. And yes. like, you know, in my own interpretation of who Jesus was is he wasn't out there to make a bunch of money. Exactly. Yeah. So if I'm being Christ-like, then I'm not making trying to make a whole bunch of money and now this if i'm trying to make a whole so... bunch of money and then i'm not being christ-like and so yes. if that's part of your 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 view of the world or your experience then that's something you have to go on a spiritual kind of transformational journey of reconciling what does mm -hmm. this really mean and um, you know i've come out in a very different place about my own views but so i share all this there's when we start getting into money mindset work, there's lots of different layers, right? There's also often this family of origin. If you come from a lower income, social class background, not all families support you rising to the next level and yeah. they will feel you kind of rising up and start to make comments 
about getting too big for your britches or you're not from here anymore. I mean, yeah, I, I'll share this with you. I was thinking about it this morning. I was on a little walk. Great Netflix show right now called Fastest Car. And it's three homemade drag racers and one like supercar. And you, I, I, it's the same story with each episode, but it's like, I'm just so captivated because it's, <laughs> it highlights or encapsulates this money dynamic that we all, so many of us hold. Yeah. About like, who's more entitled to win the race? The person that like worked hard, quote unquote, to build their own car and they know the car or the person that bought their car. Right. So oh, we yeah. have, all of us have these really complicated internalized relationships with wealth and who gets to be wealthy and who doesn't. And okay, let me take a deep breath. I'm <laughs> putting a lot out there. No, this is so interesting. And that totally makes sense. Um, just that like sense of identity that you carry with you throughout life because of how you were raised and, and what you heard and all of that, like, Oh my gosh. Yes. I feel this. Well, so you're in the physical training space, right? Mm -hmm. So you're helping people work on their physical body, mm -hmm. but how much of it is actually physically working the body and how much of it is their psychology? Oh, probably 99% mindset and psychology. Yeah. Like right. major. Yeah. And so it's the same thing in the money world is we want to get financially quote unquote fit. And then, we, so we start reading the magazine articles and we start learning some of the words and we start trying to do some of the money exercises and maybe it starts to come together a little bit, but then we have this freak out, like, Oh, I'm doing it. I'm looking good financially. Oh shit. That's not me. And then we <laughs> revert back and like yes. start binge spending or not paying attention to our finances or whatever behaviors kind of bring us back into alignment around what's our quote unquote right financial identity yeah or you know probably in your world the right body image mm -hmm. the one that you carry around in your head that yeah you have never really articulated yep yeah no that's so true and it's like it's that that temperature like we have our our thermostat of what our normal is and as we shift from that it gets uncomfortable and then we go right back to where we're comfortable. So I can totally see how that dynamic is the same with the, how we view money and finances and all that stuff. Yeah, we have the same money thermostat where there's a certain band at which we feel comfortable functioning financially. Mm -hmm. And then once we cross the, the lower or the upper, we make corrective behaviors more often unconsciously. Yes. Yes, right, right. That totally makes sense. So how does one who's like, oh crap, that's totally what I do. Like I start to have some success. I start to make some money. And then I quote unquote, self-sabotage. I do all the things I stop doing what was working. I freak myself out. How do you get out of that and like shift your identity around the financial stuff? Well, Micah, I wish I could tell you, you probably already knew what's coming, right? It's not an easy one, two, three steps. Of course it never it's, is. It's not just bicep curls, tricep <laughs> and bench presses. Yep. As much as I wish it was, it often is, I mean, hearing this podcast interview, but it, sincerely, it's often some combination of reading, self-reflection, finding a financial therapist, which is this last stop on my career journey, right? Is I was saying couples therapists don't like talking about money or therapists in general and financial planners don't really like talking about complicated relationship issues and psychological issues. Yeah. 
So there's this big gap and that's where the field of financial therapy that I work in is so big is that we so cool. are comfortable talking about the full range of money experiences, both positive and negative, because let's face it, most people don't really want to talk about the negative stuff, but we got it. We got money trauma mm-hmm. and money trauma doesn't just heal by making more money or having better money behaviors. Uh, so that's kind of the, the linchpin, I think, for more and more people is finding that safe relationship where you can really talk about your relationship with money, what you're doing, what you're seeing, what you're feeling. Yeah. That makes sense. Totally. Quick time out from the show to let you know that I am looking for the next women that I'm going to mentor on my team. This is within Team Beachbody. We get to lock arms together. I get to be your mentor building a business, working on your health goals and empowering others. So if you are someone who would love to get healthier, who loves prioritizing working out and eating well and sharing your story on social media and being a light and uplifting others and would love a way to make extra income, even if it's alongside a full-time career or in the cracks of motherhood, whatever it is, you can build this in a way that feels best to you. So if you want to work with me closely to grow as a person, to become a better mother, to become a better wife, to become a more empowered human being, that is literally what we do every single day. And if you follow me on social media, you already know what we do as coaches. You already know what it looks like to be a successful coach, because that's what I share just my life. And that is what I do. And I would love to help more women have an opportunity to literally transform your health, transform your mindset, transform your community of people that you're surrounded with, and be able to transform your financial opportunity with this business. I can't wait to chat with you. If you want some more info about it, go to micafulsomfit.com slash transform your life put in your email. I will be able to send you all of the nitty gritty deets. And if you want to chat one-on-one with me, I am an open book. Ask me all the questions. Tell me your fears. Tell me your reservations. Ask me if you'd be a good fit. I will be honest with you. I can promise you that. So shoot me a message at Micah Folsom fit, and we can chat there. I cannot wait to work with you. So, cause I mean, when you think about a relationship, how often are the root of so much friction and fights and arguments and all the things is money. So I can see how like, oh my gosh, like, (laughs) like juggling all of that, you get to deal with two of the most important things in a relationship. And that's so cool. Relationship and financial security. Yeah. they're, They're deeply interwoven. So I've become a huge science buff. So I said, I was a jock in high school. Well, Somehow I became a nerd. I don't know where it happened. Along I love the journey, it. But it's a great evolution. <laughs> it's a great evolution. And, you know, for those of us that we can remember the double helix of DNA, it's like relationship and financial security are a double helix. But yeah. so just, and there's these binding points that go all the way up that, that model. And so, you know, one of the things that when I'm working with a lot of my clients is I start to introduce them to the psychology of attachment also known as attachment theory or attachment styles. And this is the study scientifically of how little babies get cared for and then what patterns of caregiving they expect through their childhood and then later into their adult intimate relationships. And the scientists 
pretty clearly identified four categories of attachment patterns. They're secure, anxious, avoidant, and disorganized. And so if you're listening, you're probably going to try to figure out, well, oh yeah, I know which one I am already. <laughs> you may be right. But securely attached individuals primarily have a positive view of themselves and a positive view of others. And they generally expect that when they're in emotional distress, that somebody will be there to care for them. And if mm-hmm. they're not, that they'll be okay, that they'll get to the other side of that. But they also feel free to explore and try new things. So think about the financial world. Most of us as adults don't come in fully formed financially. We have to go out and try new things to learn and grow and get more financially stable. Yeah. And if you're, if you feel securely attached, then in your intimate partnership, it's like, Hey, I'm going to start looking into investing, or I'm going to start trying this entrepreneurial journey. Are you with me? I can coordinate with you and trust that you're going to be supported in that through the thick and thin of it. Now, for those with an anxious attachment style, they usually have a lower view of themselves and a higher view of other people. These are often your quintessential people pleasers. And even when they've done their best at trying to be pleasing to somebody else and have been told you're so wonderful, great, kind, and supportive, they still don't believe it. And so they really want to have emotional connectedness and bondedness to feel a sense of safety and security, but they often don't fully get there and feel feel that. Okay. So if we flip that on the other side is the avoidant attachment pattern. And these are the individuals that will more often be experienced as like, I'm going to keep you at an arm's length distance. I'm going to do me, you do you. They have a more positive view of themselves. I got to rely on myself. I can't count on other people to be there for me. And so I'm going to do me and you do you, right? So if you're starting an entrepreneurial journey, you're not going to tell your partner what you're really doing or that they'll really care or be interested. And if they say you're still going to minimize it, right? And then this fourth category is disorganized. And they're usually a mix of the avoided and anxious. They kind of vacillate back and forth. Push, pull, come close, come close. Take care of me. I really need you. I really want your support. Get away, move away, back off. Yeah. And so what's really important as people may be hearing this for the first time is that these patterns are all completely understandable in the context of your, your early caregiving environment. They were actually adaptive. They were the ways that you were trying to get your relational needs met throughout your caregiving. So if you are starting to collapse or feel bad about yourself or maybe being on this more insecure side of things, just remember you didn't choose to be this way. But the, the great news is there's also the opportunity for healing and growth. There's lots of great articles on Google. There are books out there. I have a book out there called The Healthy Love and Money Way, which integrates attachment psychology with personal finance. Um, you know, there's plenty of great books out there, YouTube clips, so you can start to get a feel for it and figure out, is this a way of seeing myself and then giving myself a direction to head so that I can feel more secure in my life and relationships. I love this. So what's, what, what's your book called one more time? Healthy love and money way. The healthy love and money way. The healthy how the four attachment styles impact your financial well-being. So that's the mouthful side. So <laughs> if you just look up on Amazon, the healthy love and money way. Okay. You should get there. Okay. So anyone who is, is that what you would say? Like if someone's like, okay, I know I don't have the best relationship with money. I, I know this is kind of like a, a struggle point. 
is that kind of the foundation? Like start there, like, let's learn where you're at currently, where you're starting. And then we can go through how you can start to heal that. Yeah. All that. Okay, cool. So grab his book, you guys. Step one. That's step one. Step one, grab his book. I love it. Um, do you find that what's common in relationships? Like, is it, is it common to be attracted to a partner who has the same attachment style or is it more common to have different or is there no rhyme or reason? Um, there's a, there's so, especially in the world of therapy, it's very common to have an anxious and an avoidant partner together. Interesting. And the general population, the, the research would show that most of the time, two securely attached individuals will be attracted to each other because they don't want the drama. They want relational security. They have this map in their brain that helps them kind of screen through people without even fully knowing it. Yeah. And so they're, and they also often are pretty effective at working through relational conflict and disappointment. The reason why an anxious and an avoidant person will partner really well together is the anxious person quote unquote, likes the work of trying to pursue and get someone to engage them and take care of them. And the avoidant person initially finds this really attractive because Mm. they're not prone to trying to get a relationship initiated. Right. Well, you can see where that starts to go after six months, a year, (laughs) two years, 10 years of marriage. Yeah. The anxious person gets really tired and fatigued because they are tired of being the caregiver and trying to get caregiving given to them. They're tired of their partner not showing up for them, understanding their emotional needs. And you know, that's such a large basis of a, a long lasting, helping relationship is yeah. it's no longer about, do we both enjoy sports together or movies or whatever your favorite thing is or how handsome or beautiful you are. It's like, what does it feel like to be with you mm-hmm. that really matters in the long-term relationship? How effective are we at working through our inevitable differences? Um, yeah, that totally makes sense. The, I mean, the deeper connection, like the stuff that in life really matters. Right, right. Yeah, this makes so much sense. I love this so much. Um, so as far as like, do you find when you're working with, when you're working with clients, are they coming to you? Like, what does that look like? What does that process look like? Are they coming to you because they want to work on their financial planning? Are they coming to you because they have struggles in their marriage and they're like, like how, like, how does one even go, Oh, I want to work with Ed because he's a financial therapist. Like I've never even heard of that before. So this sounds like it needs to be more known throughout our world. So let's just chat about that for a sec. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And, you know, that's part of the the initial journey. So your audience is primarily entrepreneurs. And so you can appreciate like that proof of concept and getting it out in the market, when, especially when no one's ever heard of it, it's like, it's a grind, it's challenging. For sure. And people really didn't know what to do with me. And I probably didn't really know how to describe what I was doing. So let's be honest, right. I was struggling to say like, well, I'm a counselor that does this financial thing. No, I'm a planner that does this kind of thing. <laughs> like, what, who am I? So like, that's become much more clear for me now. Um, yeah. But you know, so now when people find me, oftentimes, they've heard a, a news article or a, a blog post or a podcast interview. And th- so more people are able to find me directly because they recognize like I'm fighting with my partner about money. Often it's usually most of my couples are around some sort of spending pattern and that's problematic for them. 
Okay. Right. We classically, everyone hears about the saver and the spender dilemma. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably one of the bigger topic areas, but I, I've had couples where investment management was a problem where there's been something called financial infidelity that's shown up, which is actually really huge and is a major betrayal. Uh, where one partner basically is doing something secretive, oh, with yeah. the other partner is expecting them to be doing A, they're doing B. Right. And this happens in the entrepreneurial world a good bit. It actually happened to me. I was telling my wife, I'm trying to grow my practice. I'm doing everything else. Meanwhile, the credit card debt is creeping up because I can't get clients in because I can't figure out how to message it. And it just spiraled out of control. And so, you know, this work is also very personal for me in the sense that like, even with all my knowledge, I still fell in the trap. Yeah. Taking a quick TV type out to make sure that you guys know that I have some free goodies for you. So as a listener, I just want to show my appreciation and thank you so much for showing up weekly to hear from the guests that we have to take just all of these nuggets away and apply them into your life. I want to celebrate you. And in order to do that, I also want to make sure that you're getting value that is relevant to where you're at in your life. So in order to get the freebies, go to micafolsomfit.com slash DYC for do your crap, micafolsomfit.com slash DYC. And you can put in your email there and get access to the goodies. You will get a 50% off promo code to any of my mini workshops. And you will also get a freebie depending on what you want, whether you're a mom that wants to experience more joy in life that needs help on her health journey, wants tips and nuggets and value and motivation, whether you're a business owner that's trying to work through some mindset stuff and feel confident in what you have and how you want to serve, or whether you're in the network marketing space and you really want to gain confidence around recruiting, around onboarding, around mentoring your team, I have a free goodie for you. So make sure you go to that link, grab it. And that will also get you access to my weekly emails where I send inspiration, motivation, nuggets, value, things that I'm learning, things that I'm teaching. And I just want to be that voice in your back pocket that on the weeks that are hard on the weeks that you're just not feeling it. Maybe that email pops through and you go, okay, thanks, Micah. I got this. Thanks for the reminder. That is what my weekly emails are for, because we all need that positive voice that we should carry around with us everywhere. So go get on the list, go grab your freebie and let's get back to the show. I have an anxious attachment style. My wife has a mild avoidant and me trying to describe and connect with her around what's going on felt threatening because she really knows what I'm doing. She might reject me and I can't oh, yeah. tolerate that. And so I'm just going to hide this until it blows out onto the scene, right? So this is where these layers of the attachment patterns become so powerful is what on the surface is seen as lying. And betrayal often has these deeper layers of attachment insecurity mm-hmm. that totally and that makes fear sense. of being rejected, which when we're afraid of being rejected, we'll do all kinds of crazy things to protect relational yeah. connection. Yeah. I thank you for sharing that for one, for being vulnerable and opening up. Okay. What in case a listener is hearing this and going, holy crap, I'm going through that right now. What would you like? Let's just speak to them really 
really quickly, like what's the next step? Where can they go so that they can work on healing that? Um, so, uh, you know, obviously self-serving sense, love them to come to healthyloveandmoney.com. That's my website. And I have ongoing blog posts about all these different types of topics. It's, my book is there. I have an attachment style quiz. So that's another starting point where you can just get curious and you and your partner can take it together and see yeah. is this helping us. Um, I'm also really excited because I'm launching the couple's guide to financial intimacy, which is a year long money program for couples. Oh, that's awesome. So that they can work through this stuff. So all of that is there. Now, if you said, okay, Ed, you're not my jam. I like you, but I need somebody <laughs> else. The Financial Therapy Association is the, the host for people that are trying to practice what I'm talking about. And they have a wonderful find a therapist tool there. And so if you really are needing someone to really work with you one-on-one, that's, that's a great place to go and start trying to find someone that you can work with to help you. That's awesome. Whatever that's awesome. I think, um, I mean, I think for me, I think this will be a breath of fresh air that there's actually specific resources and help and guidance around these things. I feel like lots of couples probably feel really frustrated and kind of lost in all of this. Like where, like, what is this? How do I deal with this? How do I cope? How do I, you know? And so I think this is going to be really cool to get, to just share this with so many people. Cause I know that this is happening more it's, probably than people talk about. It's so hard to build a financial life together. And so much of the financial advice is given under the assumption that you're an individual making decisions in isolation of a partnership or a family life. And so that's where, and the therapy really, the financial therapy side, especially is about dealing with emotional pain and hurt. So whether you have shame or anxiety, resentment, anger that shows up around money until you can get that stuff kind of worked through and built, it's going to be hard to feel at ease and comfortable as you approach your finances. Yeah. But what I know from a financial planning standpoint is that many couples that even have the quote unquote right amount of income to be saving for retirement and be on track, get bogged down and don't, don't get there because they can't get coordinated together on what that right ratio of saving for the future versus living for today. Mm -hmm. And if they have anxiety or concern about the, the longevity of the relationship, that just creates another barrier to planning and executing together for the future. Yeah. So being able to build that shared vision of our life together into the future 20, 30, 40 years. Oh, and what can that look like financially? And to be honest, a lot of the couples that I work with, I start asking them about family background questions. And many of them have never had parents that created financial security and stability for themselves. So that you really are trying to figure it out for the first time on your own. Yeah. And as social creatures, we're role model creatures. We need to have seen somebody else do it before we can do it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you see this all the time in your physical workout. Definitely. Stuff, right? It's like, tell me how to do the exercise or show me how to do the exercise. Show me wins, hands mm-hmm. down, right? Always, yeah. Yeah, this is this is really neat. I um a specific woman that I work with came to mind in this. And it's so interesting. You like said it exactly. She's trying to. She wants to build a business. She wants to make an impact. She wants to grow. And then she has this block because when she's trying to build the vision of her future and what that looks like, she's like, I don't know if 
my spouse is even a part of that. Like, I don't know because we're at odds right now. We're having some struggles. And so then she feels stuck with, well, what do I do? What does that look like? I can't grow this because I don't know what the future holds. And, and this struggle is real. And I love that. It's so neat that you get to work with couples and help people in two of the most important areas of their life. And so like, that like makes me emotional thinking about this. Like you could really just change the course of people's lives in a huge way. Like this is really, really cool. I, I can see it pretty much. <laughs> I know. I'm like getting the therapist in me is coming out. And like <laughs> I can see that the tears. I know. The layers of meaning for you around this. Yeah. This is really, really neat. Like I I just feel like as especially as I'm mentoring women in business, so much of that is mindset and personal growth and becoming and and shifting those, those self-image things that hold them back and feeling worthy of success and understanding. So I get to walk this path that is so life-changing. And then like, when it does come up against these things, like, well, but what about my relationship? And what about this? That stuff is so raw and so real. And I just feel like you get to experience both of those. Like, that's really, really, I'm just like, you get to do some cool work. That's really cool. That's really admirable. Well, I, I want to really encourage you and your work to know that, you know, it's not without the training of becoming a family therapist that I know how to do this. Like, yeah. it's not like I magically arrived at these understandings. This has been some blood, sweat and tears to get to understand this, to For see sure. it work in my own life. And as you're coaching and helping these women grow in the family therapy world, we call it differentiation which is basically your own sense of who you are in the world and what you're going to become. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of what I hear you describing is like, I want to help you become more of who you are. Yeah. But what we know is when people are in intimate partnerships, we marry generally at about the same level of differentiation or functioning. And so what happens is when you start to have one person exert their energy towards differentiating and becoming more of the other person, it starts to raise all these questions for the other person who's not yes. in that process. Yes. And that's why for me, at least I have the fortune of working in most cases in the couple relationship. So they're both hopefully kind of rising and yes. changing together. But this is like, I've felt it in my own marriage, right? My wife and I had a similar level of psychological depth and understanding and inherent in training to become a therapist. It's like, you know, the best analogy I think about is going from never practicing yoga to becoming a yoga master. Right. Right. And it's like, you're just not playing on the same field anymore. And that doesn't mean the other person is less than or not worthy as a person, but you can't, you're not functioning at the same level. And so if couples are really, if, if the female is growing and wanting to change and she's getting stuck and her partner's not joining, that's a signal there's insecure attachment patterns and couples therapy may be really helpful for them as she's in this deeper change process, because here's the other big layer that I've talked about earlier is women, men, and money. Mm-hmm. And if she's now going to move more into the breadwinning position, you better believe that's going to hit even for the most enlightened guy, which I like to think that I am, but you know, <laughs> even in my own enlightenment, I'm still like have my places of insecurity that yeah. I have to actively work with. And a lot of guys just either don't feel like they can name it. They can't recognize it. If they do say something about it, they're going to get shamed for it. So 
Yeah, totally. This is, this is so my husband and I, it, it was so interesting. We totally went through this shift when I, when we got married, I was like, I don't want to work. I want to be a stay at home mom forever. Don't right. sign me up to ever get a job. Right. And then we got married in 19. I had my first baby when we were, I was 20, he was 24. And I was just like along for the ride to follow him through life and follow his career. He's a, he's a veterinarian. Now he played in the NFL for a couple of years. So I like knew we'd always be taken care of, but just, I needed something like I needed something outside of motherhood. Just that part of me just needed some goals and an identity outside of that. And so as I got started, um, I was a photographer first for a few years and it was awesome. And then I found coaching and went all in with that. And as our income started to grow and it really started to surpass my husband's. He went through some major, like, am I okay with this? I'm the breadwinner. This is my ego. Like I am the, I am the one who's supposed to be providing for the family. You are not supposed to do that. Do you, are you even going to need me anymore? Are you even going to, am I? And so all of those. So it was so interesting. And I think this is probably fairly common because guys do have that, that, sense of like, I get my security from being able to take care of my family. And she needs me because of that. And I'm like, and we had to go through a lot and we went through some struggles and then we are stronger than ever now, but it was a lot of figuring out. I, maybe I don't need you financially, but I actually want you. So doesn't that feel better that I want you when I don't need you versus the opposite when like, I'm just clean because I need you to be here. Right. And so yeah. like, this is so like, woo, I, we've been on this roller coaster before. Like it does <laughs> money creates such an interesting, holy crap. So many different things in relationships. When I love how, I, I hope that people, if you're listening, go back, re- rewind two minutes and just listen <laughs> to what Micah said again, because, and write down all those questions. Cause every single one of those questions is normal and can be expected. Yeah. If you're going through a major money transition where there's a change in who's making the money, all of those questions come into play. And that's where, right? Like ideally you both have secure attachment patterns and you can like have the skills and the psychological awareness work through it. But even if you don't, you, you can still figure it out. And, yeah. you know, I don't know you and your husband's story, but uh, it, it's, it can take some major working out and it can take some time but it's worth creating space to open up those conversations. So that's the only way it's going to get better. Yeah. If you suppress it, ignore it or minimize it, it's going to hurt more in the long run. Absolutely. Again, like working out, right? Like nobody likes to start working out because it hurts like a mother. (laughs) But once you get through that first month, first six weeks, it's like, ah, start feeling stronger. And then, you know, you have the peaks and valleys as you grow. Yep. I love it. This is so good. I'm so happy that we are able to just bring more awareness to this situation that I'm hundred percent of people are dealing with in life. And so I think this is going to be such an amazing resource. You, your book, your website, your, all of the things. Um, and I'm just so excited to continue to connect people with you. So I'm going to be pointing people to your book. Every time I hear like, I'm struggling uh-huh. with this. All right, go grab, go grab Ed's book. Uh-huh. Let's start there. That's awesome. Do you have anything, um, anything specific? Is there anything that you want to direct them to other than your book or your website? Is there any other resource that you find valuable for them? 
I think those are the really the best places to start. Yeah. Um, yeah, just keep it simple that way. And Perfect. Then, you know, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. So if that's your jam, you can find me there too. Yeah, we love Instagram. Where can they find you on Instagram? Uh, at Healthy Love and Money. Perfect. Yes. Perfect, you guys. All right, Ed, I feel like I could chat with you all day about this. This is oh, such yeah. good oh, yeah. stuff. But you guys, if you found value in this, or if you know someone who you're like, oh, shoot, they, they could probably benefit from hearing this. Tag your friends, share your favorite 15 second nugget. Um, more people need to know that this resource is available, that they don't have to feel stuck in their current situation, that they aren't the only ones struggling. Um, so if you find value in this, make sure you share it, tag ed at healthy love and money, and then tag me at Michael Folsom fit. Um, but Ed, thank you so much. This is so cool. The work that you got to do. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Appreciate the work you do to, to lift women entrepreneurs up. It's awesome. Thank you so much. It really is incredible. It's an incredible path to be on. And before we go, let's just remind each other that you can do impactful, uplifting, change the world sort of work, and you can make a lot of freaking money doing it. And that's not a bad thing. More good, kind, giving, generous people need to make more money in the world. Oh, so here's the phrase to help you over that, help Perfect. people over that bridge. Both and, not yes. either or. Yes. That's a big mindset hack is if you find yourself stuck on one side or the other, recognize you're in an either or mindset and you can shift to a both and and ask can these both be true not mutually exclusive absolutely yes they can i have a i have an entire episode on the either or mindset that is like we are like on the oh, same page oh here. no we just opened a big can of worms <laughs> cut me off before we go down this road no this is this is the truth you guys this is the truth yeah. find work you love making an impact and make a lot of money you absolutely can do both. I love that so much. And that's the perfect way to wrap it up. So thank you for that. And hopefully we'll have you back on again. I feel like you have lots to share. Uh, I would appreciate the invite. All right. Sounds good. You guys will see you back here in another week. Have a good week. Wrapping up another episode, and I just want to thank you for sticking around. Before you head out, I would love to hear from you. It would mean the world to me if you left this podcast a quick review wherever you're listening from. And if you got some nuggets from the message today, don't forget to share it with your friends, your team, and your Instagram story so that anyone else who needs it can find it too. And be sure to tag me at Micah Folsom Fit so that I can shout you out and share your page with my friends. Thanks for hanging. Now let's go take action on those goals and dreams because if you can feel it in your heart and see it in your head, then you can hold it in your hand. So until next time, go do your craft. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer.
If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.